everyone, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I am Steve Shives. And I'm here to report, looking out this radio tower window, that the classic film Godzilla King of the Monsters has finally come to shore and the destruction is terrible. Steve, are you reading me? Can you get this? Yes, Jason, I can just hear you. I can hear you over the commotion there. I know it's hard to believe that a gigantic reptilian monster would have so little respect over the recording of a of a podcast. Uh, I'm going to try to shout at the monster to get him to quiet down a little bit, maybe lightly step on buildings. One one second. Okay. I'm trying to report a record a podcast here. He didn't hear me. Uh, I I think I'm going to go into the soundproof booth as the uh, uh, gigantic, horrible monster is approaching. Oh, one, one second. Someone's coming up to... I, I, I'm seeing two Japanese men having a conversation. Um, uh, Hashiro, my Japanese is a little rusty. Uh, what are they saying? They're saying, kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Hashiro. Um, see you in the afterlife. <laughs> okay, let me just go over here. Close the door. <sighs> There we go. You, you nice sh- and quiet. You should probably try not to antagonize either Godzilla or the Japanese. I, I won't. But isn't it amazing how completely quiet it is in this booth? Japanese technology is amazing. Well, that's why they're so far ahead of us. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, on this show, Steve and I take a classic film and give it a fresh review to see whether it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, unless I hadn't noticed, because we goaded this monster to attack us right now as I'm recording this in Japan, that's a real thing that's happening, podcast audience. The movie we're going to review is Godzilla. King, not Duke, not Prince, King of the Monsters. Right, Steve? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wouldn't you love to know what that royal line of succession looks like? (laughs) Like, who was king before Godzilla? <laughs> well, there was Richard, who was Duke of the Monsters, who kept uh, Godzuki and his twin brother in a tower. And then they just disappeared, and he became king of the monsters briefly. And then uh, Godzilla um, rallied some forces in France and then reinvaded um, Monster Island <laughs> and took over. And you know what really makes it work is keeping in mind that all of these people are also gigantic radioactive lizards. <laughs> like Richard, the previous king, pretty much exactly like Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. That was the first draft of Richard the Third, right? They were all radioactive monsters. <laughs> and the, the company had to pull Shakespeare in and say, the monster thing. <laughs> we're not sure about the monster thing. The rest of it is good. It's good, but... <laughs> The, the audience is leaving. <laughs> they don't. They don't understand what's going on. We don't know what radiation is, William. <laughs> what is a dinosaur, William? What if I change them to dragons? They're all dragons. Hmm. Mm. We'll test it one week later. They're not doing the dragons, William. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls, perhaps? No. How about people? <laughs> Where are we going, Steve? It's, it's turning into an episode of Blackadder. It's turning to a cutscene from Family Guy. Let's get back. Let's get well, back let's, to review the let, movie. Let's get our shit together and get get this show on the road. Then, hey, Steve, do you got any trivia before I tell everybody the who made it and whatever's? Um, little known fact: Godzilla in the movie, and in fact, in all of the Godzilla movies, is is not an actual giant lizard. It is it is a guy in a suit. What? Yes. Wait a minute. 
Godzilla isn't a real thing? No. Santa it's Claus a, all over again. It's a guy. It's a guy. God in damn a suit. it! Oh. You mean I can't go meet Godzilla now? Well, you probably could, but it would be just like meeting, you know, Mickey Mouse at Disneyland. I mean, well, that's fine. Godzilla isn't my favorite, but just as long as Gamma is real, uh, I won't have my my reality crushed. Okay, right, Steve? Yes, Gamma awesome. is real. Yes, sure. All right, let's do the Who Made It. Ready? Let's do it. Okay, it was directed. Oh boy, Steve! So many foreign names, <laughs> no, Steve. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna. They aren't. I'm. Most of these people are probably dead. They're all oh boy. Here we go. Okay, Ready? Let's, let's do it. It was, it was directed by Ishiro Honda. There you go. And the American crap by Terry Morse. <laughs> now we we kind of have to go into this, and and I'll I'll get to it in the produced by. It was produced by Tomoyuki Tanaka, and he is the person that produced the original Gojira. Yeah. That appeared in Japan. Now, uncredited producers were Terry Turner and Joseph Levine. Now, here is the dealio. Um, in 1955, um, Edmund Goldman quote-unquote discovered Godzilla at a cinema in Los Angeles. The movie was showing, like, limited little film festivals and stuff like that in a, in all around the United States. He saw it. He bought the international rights for $25,000 and then sold them to Jewel Enterprises Incorporated, and then they adapted it for American audiences. And what I mean by adapted it is they filmed a whole bunch of shit with an American guy, otherwise no one was going to watch the movie, right, Steve? You're not going to watch a movie with a bunch of Japanese people in it. That's right. And so uh, Levine, who is included in there as one of the producers, shelled out about $100,000 for his share of the, the movie. So that's how this version of Godzilla exists. Now, some people are going to say, why are you doing the American version? Why not do the Japanese version? And I'll tell you this. This was the introduction to American audiences of Godzilla. Right, yeah. Steve? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think the reason why we did this version is this is the one that has been most widely seen. And it's the one that we saw when we were kids. Absolutely. Yeah, it was year, yeah. I, was, I was an adult before I saw the original Gojira. Yeah, yeah, me too. I didn't see the original Gojira until it came to like a fil- an art on an art house. Yeah. And they were showing it. Um, so there. Anyway. <laughs> screenplay, the original screenplay by uh, Takeo Murata and Ishiro Honda. And the American Bits, uh, which also went uncredited, was Al C. Ward. The original story was by Shigeru Kayama. So far, so good. You're doing great, man. Yeah. Um, there's no editor. Oh, edited by Terry Morse. Now, that's the American editor. We don't have an editor for the Japanese version. And I'm going to bring this up for editing. Um, There was stuff cut for the American release, Um, mainly dialogue regarding the arranged marriage between the heroine and uh, the scientist. It was that was greatly reduced. And scenes about her affair with another guy was cut altogether, that it was an active affair. In the movie, they just make it seem like they're in love, but they can't do anything, because she's, you know, she she loves a scientist pirate. Um, <laughs> that, I'll explain that later. Um, also, the nuclear weapon stuff was toned way down. Oh, yeah. There's like two lines th- referring to it in, in this version. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people get upset about something, and they don't tell us why. We just, oh, let's let's go to something else real quick. 
Um, so, well, let's get on to who stars in it. It stars Raymond Burr. Now, originally I was not going to have Raymond Burr be first, but he is in this a lot. It's not like he just makes a couple of appearances. He's They filmed a lot for him to be in this movie. Right, Steve. Oh yeah, he. It's if you've seen both versions, it's almost like they they Forrest Gumped him into the original movie. Oh yeah, I mean he's really. Yeah, it's not just like the old the joke of like, well, they just filmed a couple of scenes of Raymond Burr on a soundstage. And yeah, they, I mean he no he's sitting in in the radio tower describing. Yeah, shit. no, he's, he's integrated in into the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really have an arc. <laughs> he's just kind of yeah. He's, he's just there. kind of there watching stuff. Yeah. So Raymond Burr as Steve Martin. Not that Steve Martin. <laughs> Excuse he's, me. He's a reporter. Yes. Takashi Shimura as Dr. Yummy Mummy. Yam Yam Yamani. Yamane. 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 Yes. He's gonna be Yummy Mummy for the rest of this <laughs> Dr. Yummy Mummy. Momoko Kochi as Emiko. Akira Takarada as Ogata. Akihiko. <laughs> Akiko Harata as Dr. Serizawa. Sachio or Sakio Sakai as uh, Hagiwara. Fuyuki Murakami. This is so painful. Murakami as Dr. Tabata. Ren Yamamoto as Saiji. Toyoki Suzuki as Shinkichi. God damn it. <laughs> You're doing fine. Tadashi Okabe as Dr. Tabata's assistant. Toransuki Ogawa as president of company. That's what it says. That's his name. That's the name and his mother gave him. Frank Iwaanga as security officer Tomo. <sighs> you did it. This is why we're not ever doing an Italian film. No. Never, never, ever, never. <laughs> Music by Akira Ifukube. Cinematography, Masao Tamai. Edited, as I said before, by Terry Morse. Production company, Toho Jewel Enterprises. Distributed by Transworld Releasing Corporation in the U.S. and the West. Embassy Pictures, also in the U.S. in the East. And Toho in Japan. Yeah, this movie got released in Japan. And they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Although it, it seemed a little familiar to them. <laughs> well, no, they knew what was going on. <laughs> Release date in the U.S. was April 27th, 1956. Running time, 80 minutes. Ah, oh, bless you. Bless you, Godzilla. Budget. Now, this is the budget of the original production, along with all of the purchasing costs. So it also includes the money that they spent for filming all of the American stuff, and also what they shelled out for the distribution rights and all that other stuff. So the budget is $650,000. I think the original Godzilla was somewhere around $165,000 total. Um, box office, U.S., $2 million. So it made its money back and forever gave us the gift of Godzilla. Ah. The gift that just keeps giving and giving. <laughs> <laughs> There is there 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 is one thing I want to add really quickly before we before we leave the credits because I know okay. I know you like to credit uh, the uncredited people who are, are in I couldn't find I couldn't find costumes. the guy who was in the Godzilla suit. Well, in the the original Godzilla actor and the guy who was the main guy playing Godzilla in this movie and in all yeah. of the Godzilla movies up until like 1972, his name uh -huh. was Haruo Nakajima. 
Thank you, Haruo Nakajima. So you You're awesome. You're the unsung hero of all the Godzilla movies, even when they made you dance around. Remember when that happened in the 60s? Yeah. Did you stop and say, this is not Godzilla? Why isn't he destroying things? Remember when I ate trains and killed people? <laughs> Life's funny, huh, kids? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's get our Japanese translator. Okay. Let's let's put on our best suit. Let's constantly smoke a pipe, even when we're watching absolutely horrible destruction. <laughs> yes. Let's get on one of the coolest airplanes ever to go all the way to Japan. I'm already here. Okay, here's the deal. You're going to have to take a plane over here. You're going to okay. have to get through the streets of Japan. I know everyone is on fire and screaming, but get to the radio tower before it's destroyed. Climb up all the way to the I'm top. Okay. Ignore the guys who's using flash photography to take pictures of the Godzilla monster that's literally only, I think, maybe 20 feet away. Yeah, what is that guy's deal? Go into the center of the building. It's the it's the door marked safe room. And go in there. <laughs> oh, it's the only door with an English label. Okay. Yeah. Don't let the, the crowd of Japanese people trying to save their own lives yeah. in. You hustle in, and then we will be able to do the review of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Steve, <laughs> take it away. I'm here, and I tell you, I thought Japanese cars looked small before. They look tiny next to Godzilla. Um <laughs> So, okay, so the movie opens with a narration from... Uh, actually, it, it opens with uh, the title and Godzilla's Roar. And, yeah. and then we hear uh, Raymond Burr's character, Steve Martin, narrating and telling us that this is Tokyo and uh, mm -hmm. something terrible has happened here. It was something that yeah. uh, just a few... We see destruction all over the yeah, place. Yeah, Tokyo is, has been destroyed, at least. And like, I'm like, man, we missed the whole movie. Tokyo is destroyed already. Yeah, and you're like, oh, did we didn't do this, did we? <laughs> Stop. Um, no. So, and 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 we we were, we're tracking across like the rubble, and there were people laying there, sort of trying to pull themselves out. And uh, we see one, Raymond Burr's character, Steve. Yeah, yeah, and one, he's one of them, Steve, and he's all trapped and he's bleeding. He's not doing good. And he he says that he tells us his name, and he says he's a reporter, he's a foreign correspondent. Mm -hmm. He says I'm Steve Martin. No, that not that Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah I know. In, in like thirty or forty years, this is going to be really confusing. But um, <laughs> but right now, nobody gets it. Uh, right. And he says he tells us in, in, again, still in his voiceover. He he was on his way to Cairo, and he just stopped off in Tokyo, just you know, to visit somebody. And it turned out he got caught up in this huge story. He was going to Cairo to investigate a series of disappearances and the odd appearance of a mummy. <laughs> and he just stopped off. You know what? We should have a whole series of adventures of this dude. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, what was he doing between this and Godzilla 1985? Because he comes back. That's how this one. movie should have ended is him getting off at Cairo going, I should have never stopped at Japan. And then he gets attacked by a mummy. <laughs> oh, no. And it freezes, and it says the end with a question mark. <laughs> Steve Martin will return in, you know. That should be it. <laughs> Does it say that? Steve Martin will return in, well, you know. <laughs> it's the mummy one. We haven't titled it yet, but it'll be a mummy Un one. Unnamed Cairo Project. <laughs> Unti untitled mummy movie. <laughs> Check with Universal. Do we have to pay them if it's just a generic mummy? Yeah. Uh, anyway. so, so uh, We cut to a hospital. Yeah. And uh, we're, there's adorable children all over the place, and they're radioactive. Yeah. 
And then we see uh, Steve and uh, supposedly the main actress in the movie. Yeah. Um, whose name I don't remember. I think this is Amiko. 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 Yeah. Um, and her double yeah. come up and <laughs> and uh, Steve wakes up and he's like, "Ow, I'm hurt." And she's like, "You're a f- you're fine." And he's like, "I I'm, what happened? I I don't know what brought this upon us." And I'm like, yeah, Godzilla, motherfucker. Yeah. Weren't you paying attention? You were just you, there. You saw the whole thing. You were just there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we go into a flashback. Right, Steve? Yeah, ex- exactly. Because it's 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 uh, Martin telling us about his last few days and the events leading up to the destruction of Tokyo. Including things that he doesn't know at this point. And <laughs> yes. when he's relating this story, there's a whole lot of shit that he doesn't even know about. But he's going to relate it to us. There's a big problem narratively right here. Because there's a thing that he finds out about after the flashback is over. Yeah. But that he mentions during the flashback, which is kind of impossible. So he went back and he he added to his flashback later. (laughs) And we didn't see it until after it was finished anyway. So, you know. Yeah, so we show him in his badass passenger plane, and he's smoking a cigarette, kicking back with lots of leg room. <laughs> but down below, in the in the ocean, real bad shit happens to a Japanese boat, Steve. Yeah, we and we, of course we don't see what what happens to it quite yet. We don't see what's responsible. Um, no, but yeah, the ship the the the, uh, the ship was it, it sinks, it's destroyed. It gets set on fire. Yeah, the sea is like bubbling all around it. It's it's not good. Yeah, it's bad. And then we cut to customs, and that's exciting. Yeah. Then we have Steve, who's switched over to his pipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to cool them down. You know, you get the audience all excited with the ship <laughs> being destroyed. Then you got to settle them down, you know? Yeah, well, he's at customs, and uh, he's smoking a pipe. And uh, then security comes up and goes, hey, we need to talk to you. And he's like, am I under arrest? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, good. I'll go wherever this guy's taking me. And he goes there and then he meets another guy who's like a military guy whose name I can't remember. What's his name? That's Tomo. Oh, that's Tomo. And Tomo's like, hey, guess what? Um, uh, Something happened in the waters down below. We were wondering if you saw anything. And he's like, nope. And uh, but he smells a story, yeah, right, yeah. And he's like, "Hey, can I come with you to to investigate? Let's go down. We're going to monitor a rescue ship, right?" Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He can I come with you to witness scenes from the earlier film? Yeah, <laughs> and he goes down, and they're monitoring a rescue ship, and I'm like, "Turn back, rescue ship!" And then almost immediately, it's like, "Oh, rest in peace, rescue <laughs> yep. ship." It just probably was a bad idea. To send the ship straight it, into the same place. Now, yeah, that one's on fire, and it sinks. And then so Martins calls in the story to his home office, and he's like, Hey, I'm calling in the story. Eight ships have disappeared. And I'm like, Eight ships? We've only seen two disappear. God damn. When did that happen? <laughs> well, Martin got there a little late. But that's okay, because the, Jap- the Japanese government is on it, and they call in the most qualified person to discuss matters of when when uh, ships at sea catch on fire and disappear. They call in a paleontologist. <laughs> yeah, get that dinosaur expert in here to explain these shipwrecks. Mm-hmm. So they call in Dr. Yummy Mummy, <laughs> and <laughs> he comes uh, before this council of people, and he says, hey... Um, we should question the people of Odo Island, right? Yeah, because uh, apparently all of the disasters have happened in the vicinity of this island. 
That's right. I'm a paleontologist, <laughs> and I know these things. When ships catch on fire, <laughs> <laughs> you want to call the paleontologist. I, I'm not sure why I'm here. Why am I here? Well, we asked the person that was a specialist in bat reproduction, and he didn't have any ideas. So, you're the only scientist in Japan other than other than the science, Dr. Scientist Pirate, and he won't return our calls. He's really moody, you guys. <laughs> so we go to Odo Island, and we see Odo Island. And Odo Island is, well, it's kind of like... The Appalachian Mountains of Japan. <laughs> yeah, they're very simple folk. Yeah, the Odo Islands, where the, the people's primary export is sitting on the beach yeah. for some reason. Well, because they know that there's going to be another shipwreck any day now. Oh yeah, and they all see that they, they see that there's some guy floating out there, and they mm-hmm. rush out, and the guy's unconscious. And on Odo Island, you slap disaster survivors into consciousness. Yeah. Wake up! Wake up! And then you yell angrily at them when they fade back out of consciousness. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, the, I, and I guess it's the day after the survivor washes ashore, then Steve and yeah. Tomo, and, and as well as uh, Dr. Yamani and the others, they come to the island. In a helicopter. In a helicopter. In the least convincing helicopter um, set ever. Know, it's just sitting against a wall. He's sitting against what looks like a hallway. A hallway. It's thing. like the airplane set in Plan Nine. It's like <laughs> just tell them it's a helicopter; they'll buy it. They won't care. And so they land and they interview pe- people on Odo Island, and they're all kind of like, um, "Well, that's uh, we're scared." Um, bye. And I'm like, "That's weird." And then that night, they witness a quaint little native dance. Yeah, yeah. In and which they say, yeah, what do they well, say? Well, they, Tomo and Steve are like inseparable from this point on because Tomo is like his translator. And they're besties. They're best buddies. And yeah. and they're watching the ceremony and Steve's like, what's 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 the, what's the deal with all this? And Tomo says, oh, well, this is a ceremony that they do to this, this creature that they believe lives out in the sea. And they think that... Uh, that this it's this creature that is responsible for all of these shipwrecks, and what's the name of the creature? The name of the creature is Godzilla. Ooh, are you sure you're saying that right? God, <laughs> I, that's how he said it in this movie. I've heard the other people on Odo Island call him Gojira. No, nah, it's Godzilla. Are you sure they're trying to say Godzilla? Look, I'm trying to be culturally sensitive. You know me. I'm Steve Martin, culturally sensitive international reporter of action. If it's Gojira, I don't want to report back that it's Godzilla. I'm going to sound like an idiot. Look, me, Tomo, your Japanese friend, is telling you it's yeah. Godzilla. Okay, fine. And that's what everybody's Godzilla. going to call it from now on. I wrote Gojira like nine times on my little notepad, you... which you never see me use, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> as a reporter, I just remember everything mostly. So, okay, Godzilla, whatever. So it doesn't sound as cool as Gojira, but sure. Yeah, Gojira sounds like foreign. You know, American audiences love foreign Godzilla. Whatever, dude. So then they go to bed in a tent. Yeah. And then a storm comes. Oh, boy, does it. A storm that sounds a lot like Godzilla. Yeah, it's 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 one of them weird Godzilla type storms. <laughs> well, no, another roaring storm. <laughs> <laughs> and they show the natives freak out. And I think a couple of them see something that we don't get to see. Yeah. And then a bunch of houses got collapse and then all of a sudden the next day dr yummy mummy can speak english <laughs> yeah he was holding back 
And he thinks it's... Uh... Oh, no, because they, they go back. Remember, they go back to Japan. And they, they have some of the people from Odo Island testify that yeah. they think it's a giant lizard. And Dr. Yummy Mummy says in English, let's go on an expedition. And then they get on a boat. And they're, it's like they're going on a cruise. Everyone's throwing streamers and shit. And it's like, bye, Dr. Mummy Yummy. Have fun getting killed by the monster, I guess. And he's brought his daughter, Momi Momo, Momoki Momo. Amiko. Momiko. And the guy that she's really in love with, um, uh, uh, Ogata. Guy. Ogata. <laughs> Ogata. Yeah. And we hear that from Steve that there's a love triangle that he somehow knows about. Remember, this is a flashback. <laughs> he doesn't know yet. No one walked up to him. It's not like Momomoko walked up to him and went, Oh, by the way, Steve, I'm uh, having an affair with this man here, but I'm actually in love with a scientist person that you never meet at any point, I think, in in your flashback. Yeah. That's that's Doctor Scientist Pirate, and um, then we have an arranged marriage between the two. Of, but I'm in love with this guy, and it's, it's um, we're gonna drop it now. It won't become important until after the flashback, I think. Anyway, I just wanted to smart you <sighs> up to that in case you wanted to narrate this to some. I didn't want to hear any of it. By the way, Gojira or Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both are sort of right. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now back to Odo Island, and boy, does it suck there! Oh man! <laughs> Not only is half their village destroyed, but now they've got the radiation in their water. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and they also have giant radioactive footsteps. Oh, and now they were infested by trilobites. Yeah, yeah, a trilobite the size of like a dinner plate. I mean, yeah, and it's alive. Yeah. They get that big. I have yeah. one. I have one right here that's uh, th- about the size. That he was talking about. Yes. Here, I'll even prove it to you. This is a real fossil. Oh, hey. See, look at that. Well, the viewers at home can't see that, but I can. That's right. I'm just doing it to one-up Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so don't you say anything about Dr. Yummy Mummy and his giant Tyler bite. <sighs> okay, sorry. Fucking giant <laughs> trilobite. And while they're all talking around and saying, hey, the ground's radioactive, everything's radioactive, uh, I guess uh, everything's all done and over with. Yeah. On Odo Island. Let's go home. Let's leave these people <laughs> but, to their tragic deaths. <laughs> but before they can do that, um, someone, I guess Yoshiro, I'm making that name up because we don't know who it is, starts ringing a great big bell. Oh, boy, yeah. And that can, that can only mean one thing. Dinner time? I guess, I guess, yeah, is it the Godzilla bell? <laughs> oh, here he comes. Quick, ring the Godzilla bell. He's coming. Oh, let me see. This is the dinner bell. No, let's see. Oh, swim time bell. No. Oh, couples only bell. No. Oh, here it is. Godzilla bell. <laughs> and and, and the, the, this Godzilla's special ring, so you know it's him, is to just beat the bell continuously for like 20 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. everyone grabs their samurai swords and their rifles and they run up the hill. And then Godzilla pops up on the other side of the hill and says, hi. <laughs> hey, it's me. And, yeah, and then they all freak out and they run away. They take a couple of pictures and then they all run away. And Steve is like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big whatever that is. Godzilla, Godzilla, whatever he's called. Jesus. That's what you're talking about. So then we go back to Japan, and Dr. Yummy Mummy is, like, judging from this painting, I mean photograph, of Godzilla. <laughs> He's a dinosaur. 
He's 400 feet tall, and radiation made him. And he's mad. Thanks, America. (laughs) He's really mad at us. (laughs) So then Martin calls in his story to his editor, who must think he's bonkers. He's like, hey, hey, Steve, what's been going on in Japan? Well, sir, there's a 400-tall Tyrannosaurus Rex that breathes... Wait a minute, I'm going to put you on speakerphone real quick. Click. (laughs) Get over here. Get over here, get over here. Steve's calling in from Japan about the monster again. I'm sorry, Steve, we we broke up a little bit. What did you say? Yes, 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 George. There's a 400-tall, a 400-foot-tall radioactive Tyrannosaurus that is threatening Tokyo. It's sunk several ships, and now it's destroyed a small island. What about your sore ass? (laughs) And I believe that it is radioactive. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm sorry, are you... No, I'm fine. Are you are you snickering over there? I'm not snickering. I'm having a stroke. Keep going. It sounds great. Run with the story. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. He has a really long <laughs> tail, and he lives in the yacht. Hello. <laughs> anyway, so that's how that goes. Anyway, he tells him that they're going to use depth bombs. Yeah. When I first heard it, I thought he said death bombs, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't say depth charges. Yeah. But they're like, they're totally going to use depth bombs, right? Yeah, they're going to just drop some exploding barrels into the sea and mm-hmm. hope that that kills him. Yeah, but we got to cut to that love triangle thing. Remember that thing? Oh, yeah. That we were that we're so invested in. Mm-hmm. And Momokopo... Momiko? Amiko. Hamiko. Uh... We see her fiancé, finally, and uh, he he's a dude with an eye patch, which is why I've been calling him uh, Dr. Uh, Scientist Pirate. <laughs> and he's very serious, and he takes her down to his science dungeon. Yep. And he's made a thing, and he shows her the thing, and he doesn't show us the thing, no. and then she screams. It's, it's... And then he says, don't tell anybody. Yeah, it's a very upsetting well, thing that he has shown her. Now, if we hadn't seen the movie before, it could have been anything. Could have been, and he's telling her not to tell anybody. It could have been weird pornography, <laughs> or he stitched dogs together. We don't know. Yeah. We saw him drop a thing in a tank of water, and then he flipped a sci-fi thing that made a sound, and then she freaked out. And she goes up to the guy who she's really in love with, I guess, and they said, what did he say? And she said, no, nothing, nothing. That's the end of that scene. Everything's fine. <laughs> And then we go to the battleships, and they launch their depth bombs. Does it work? It doesn't. What do you fucking think? <laughs> Movie's not over yet, so no. And we also should should mention that Doctor Yamani is doesn't like this. He doesn't want them to well, kill yeah. Godzilla. We have there's a there's a scene in which she comes home. She comes in and he's sitting in the dark. And you know, whenever a character is sitting in the dark. Especially when they have a cool-ass Stegosaurus skeleton model right in front of them, and they're just not looking at that all the time, going, I have such a fucking cool job. If he's sitting in the dark, he's bummed about something. And he's like, Godzilla should not be destroyed, but studied. Leave me alone. And she's like, okay. You want the giant monster to stay alive? This goes nowhere. You don't come back to it. (laughs) Dad, it's killed a lot of people. I don't care. Study it. <laughs> we should give it more people to kill. I want to know why it kills people. 
Ever since I saw it, I wanted to ride it like a pony. <laughs> Does it... Now they're killing it with depth bombs. <laughs> Is it ridiculous? I think it's a little cute. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of dig it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, despite there being zero evidence that the random bombing of the ocean worked. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone celebrates because they think Godzilla is dead. <laughs> we probably won. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> as far as we know, we're safe. Okay. Ocean big. Depth bomb small. It, it's, they may as well have been trying to stab the Earth. <laughs> I stabbed the Earth and I've killed it's it! dead! The Earth is dead! <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay, because he, he totally, everyone is convinced that Godzilla, oh shit. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, no. <laughs> Here comes Godzilla, and he's bringing his Godzilla music with him. Oh, he's really mad now. Yeah, when you hear those violins and basses strike up, you know shit's about to go down. Oh yeah, Godzilla got out of the water after those depth charges went off, and he was like, cue up my theme, I'm not fucking around <laughs> anymore, these people. That's right. <laughs> And then you saw Rodan pick up a violin, and, and, and Mothra pick, pick up a cello. Play me to the city. I'm done with this. Play me in. Okay, so then we get a little bit of the love triangle shit again. And then Godzilla fucks up the docks real good. Yeah, baby. Uh, and a train of happy passengers turns into a train full of dead passengers. <laughs> which is what happens when you run into Godzilla's foot. And then he goes back in the water. And then we find out that, uh, thankfully, Tokyo is surrounded by high-voltage electric towers for no apparent reason at all whatsoever. Wait a minute, I, I'm confused, Steve. Did they assemble them because of Godzilla, or were they there like that already? In uh, According to the dialogue that Tomo, because Tomo is the one who explains it to Steve, and it mm -hmm. sounds like they were just there. Because I'm pretty, okay. I'm pretty sure his line was Tokyo is surrounded by high tension power lines. So it sounds like it was just there already. Okay, for no reason. I guess. Just yeah, I guess makes him feel comfortable. I feel so secure <laughs> knowing I'm constantly surrounded by electricity. Exactly. Because <laughs> those towers are close together. Yeah, real close together. Uh, and then they start telling everyone to shelter in place, to get off the streets. They don't evacuate, which you'd think would be the thing. Yeah, right? you want to just get people the hell out of there, but no. Yeah. And Steve has decided he's going to broadcast from the news office because he's got the best seat in the house. He can see everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now it's time for Godzilla Round 2. <laughs> that electric fence, it's shit. Yeah, he, <laughs> he kind of just walks through it. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of walks through it. And oh... Did we mention that he has heat breath? Yeah. He's got heat he, breath. He breathes radioactive fire. <laughs> Artillery? <laughs> that doesn't do anything. Tanks? Nothing. He he bites some reporters on a different tower, not the same tower that he's on. Um, planes attack him. He sets fire to everything. Yes. <laughs> he really hates a clock tower, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> And then he just takes off again. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm done for the I day. I think I've it's made fun. my point. 
He hits. He punches his time card, and he just goes. Uh, don't call me till tomorrow morning. And we're all caught up. Yeah, end of flashback. End of flashback. Steve's got bandages on. Love Triangle Girl is there. And this is when he finds out about the Love Triangle. Well, not the Love Triangle, but when he finds out about she's the, like her the doctor scientist and the the thing and then we cut back to with we have another flashback right after the flashback <laughs> a mini where flashback she, where they now they're going to show us what happened and what happened is doctor scientist pirate has made an alka-seltzer so powerful that it, it can terrify his fiance yes what happens in that scene steve <laughs> it it uh well it he drops it into a tank of water and it kills all the fish it dissolves all of the flesh from the bones of the fish that's right. Yeah, and and he's afraid that something this powerful, no one else should know about. He's he, until he comes up with a counter agent for it. He doesn't want anyone to know about it because people have a tendency to take powerful weapons and misuse them. Hmm. Metaphor. Let's anyway. Let's so, contemplate that for a moment and then move on. Okay. Uh huh. So now we cut, and now Steve's like, "But if you got something, look, Tokyo is all fucked up, and I'm fucked up, and." <laughs> Tomo, my translator, is dead, and he was my best friend. And now I, no one's gonna, everyone's gonna start talking Japanese in a second. And I'm not gonna know what they're talking about. I hate feeling like an idiot. And we never came to a consensus of whether it's Gojira or Godzilla. My editors in the United States are going with Godzilla, and I just feel that's wrong. It's not. I mean, Gojira's not even that hard to pronounce. No, it's not that different either. Let's just call him what they call him. <laughs> But she goes back to Scientist Pirate to convince him to use his Alka-Seltzer to destroy Godzilla. And then the guy she, she loves, um, Ko, Ko, Pi, Bo, 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 what's his name? What's, what's Ogata. His what's the, Ogata. Ogata. Him and Ogata have a fight. Dr. <laughs> Scientist wins. He feels bad. Um, and then um, d- uh, Dr. Scientist Pirate uh, watches TV and it changes his mind. Because he sees all the destruction. And then he sees a bunch of patriotic schoolgirls sing a song or something. And then he's like, okay. But I gotta make sure that no one else knows how to do it. So then he burns all of his research. And that's so upsetting that his fiance cries. Because of uh, scenes that were edited out of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) She gets real upset. She starts crying because he's burning his research, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, now we cut to a ship, and Steve's on the ship, and he was looking a little better, right? Yeah, they patched him up. He's back to his old normal self for the most part. Dr. Yummy Mummy's there, and uh, Dr. Scientist Pirate and her fiancé are both going down into the water. That's a good choice, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, you you, you want those two working together for something as important as this. They've got diving suits on. Because this predates scuba gear. Yeah. And uh, they're going to go all the way down, down to the the ocean floor, and hopefully right where Godzilla is. I don't know how they know where Godzilla is, but they go all the way down to the ocean floor, and Godzilla's just sitting there taking a nap. Yeah, he's just chilling. He even notices him, and he's like, oh, whatever. Fuck Get it. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then they're supposed to place the Alka-Seltzer. And then Agamoto, Agiyabapapa, the fiancé, what's his name? <laughs> Ogata. Ogata. He goes back <laughs> up, and he's like, hey, where's where's Dr. Scientist Pirate? And Dr. Scientist Pirate says, um, 
Hey. <laughs> now, there's a number of ways we can interpret this, okay? He is going to sacrifice himself. Yes. Um, to destroy Godzilla, maybe. Or to protect the knowledge of the Alka-Seltzer bomb. Or right. to free his fiance so that she can marry Ogu Mama Papa so that they can be happy. Because he says that. He says that on the radio. He says, I want you two to be happy. Or something. I don't know. Or it's maybe a, all three of yeah, those. Yeah, it's a threefer. He's like, I can't lose. And then he cuts his <laughs> air hose and uh, releases the thing. And Godzilla really don't like that, does he? Steve? Oh boy, he's not. You know, he's not liking that at all. No, because these scrubbing bubbles scrub the flesh right off your bones. Ooh. Oh boy, and he even pops up at the top briefly to go. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. And then the, the true power of the Alka-Seltzer bomb is revealed when the scrubbing bubbles uh, create a dissolve cut to cut to a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> they have the power to edit. That's right. And then the skeleton disappears completely, and Godzilla is dead, never to be seen again. <sighs> right, yep. Steve? Exactly. Definitely not 26 more times, not nope. including any American remakes. <laughs> nope. He's gone for good. He's gone forever. We'll never Promise. see him again. This is the only Godzilla movie. Yeah. <laughs> there is no he's... fucking way he's coming back from this. We just saw his skeleton, and then he evaporated. He he certainly won't be back in like a year. How in the fuck did they retcon this? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think someone seriously went, we uh, kind of completely destroyed him on a molecular level <laughs> in the last movie? <laughs> you know, they brought Professor X back. And that motherfucker got atomized. <laughs> I mean, he got split into a million pieces. And then two movies later, he's just sitting there going, Hello, Logan. It's me, remember? Remember me? I'm alive somehow. I'm not even going to explain it. <laughs> to hell with you. Magic shit. Or something. Mutant. Whatever. Come on. <laughs> um, the end? The end. Abrupt end, by the yeah. way. <laughs> It's like Steve says something. He's like, "Oh, the world can the world can wake up to a safe day because yeah. Gojira or Godzilla or whatever." <sighs> He's dead. My name's Steve Martin. No, not that one. He's only <laughs> ten years old in nineteen fifty-six. And they all lived happily ever after. Off to Cairo, and then Transylvania, if I have time. <laughs> Uh, I really want to make those movies now. I want to see. I want to do the adventures of Steve Martin. So Steve Martin, where he encounters every fucking monster in the world. Ah, Crystal Lake. So calming, so pleasant. Uh, I sure could use a nice, quiet vacation after that week I spent on Elm Street in Springwood. Oh, you know what we've was... turned him into? We've turned him into Kolchak the Night Stalker. Ah, uh, yes. Hey. Perry Mason, the Night Stalker. Which also needs to come back. Fuck it, Hollywood, you're remaking everything. Bring back Kolchak, the Night Stalker, for fuck's right? sake. I mean, technically, my biggest... Okay, the movie's over. I'm saying this right now. Okay. The biggest mistake the X-Files ever made was having uh, having that that actor on their show and not having him not, be Kolchak, the Night Stalker. I know, yeah. 
Because it was when, cool that they had him on. It was yeah. a cool little throwback, but they did they they could have easily just cast him as Kolchak. Yeah, Mulder should have said, "I think I know someone who knows something about this." And cut to Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Yeah. But enough about my upset is one of the reasons why I stopped watching the X Files, and let's talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Steve, what are your thoughts on this classic kaiju movie? Well, uh, it's I. I, In case anybody doesn't know this about me, uh, I love Godzilla. Mm -hmm. I am a huge, huge Godzilla fan. I've been a Godzilla fan since I was a little, little kid. My my grandparents had a tape of Godzilla versus Megalon that I watched like every (laughs) single time I was at their house. Um, (sighs) So I love Godzilla, and. When you compare this movie to the Godzilla franchise that came after it, um, oh, yeah. it's it's a little jarring <laughs> because because this is really of all of the original Godzilla movies at, before they rebooted it for the first time in the eighties. Um, this is the one that takes Godzilla the most serious, and the current reboot, and the current reboot. Yeah, yeah. Um, they uh they 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 treat Godzilla very seriously. It's not tongue in cheek. It's not oh isn't this silly? Let's have a good time. It's very serious. In in this version that we reviewed and especially in the original Gojira. Mm-hmm. Um it's all played totally straight. And if you know Godzilla from the later movies where he's teaming up with Mothra and fighting he's Rodan a hero. and stuff. Yeah, he he's heroic for one and also they're just much lighter. You know, mm-hmm. this movie is very is it's it's a lot like, you know, it's basically it's basically a creature feature, and a lot of people forget that those creature features from the fifties, as as goofy as they play for us now, uh, they were done with a straight face. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't trying to be funny or goofy or, or acknowledge their own silliness. They were played very straight, and Godzilla is exactly that kind of movie. That's so, right. When there was a teenage werewolf, you were expected to believe that there was a teenage werewolf, and he was fucking shit up. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You they why more you. Oscars weren't given to to Michael Landon? They they expected you for some reason to emotionally invest in it. That's right. If if they told you a blob was eating people, a blob was eating people, and they meant it. Yeah, and they it's like let's explore this situation realistically. <laughs> more people, um, more people, people, more people. Come on, believe it. <laughs> this is serious. It came from <laughs> outer space. Need I say more? Um. <laughs> so so Godzilla it's, it's 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 very different from the sequels that 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 it spawned. But mm-hmm. I do think that it is I do like it. I do enjoy the original Godzilla uh both versions, the Japanese version and this version. I do I do enjoy them both. Um I I enjoy the fact that it takes something that is incredibly goofy and plays it so straight. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's not a joke in the movie. There's not a wink. There's not a. Wait a minute, this is this is weird, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> it's played completely straight, and I like that about it. I, mm-hmm. But that's also the thing that keeps me from liking it as much as I like some of the later films because, because I do the think, later ones are goofy. Yeah, and and I I just I think that approach suits this material better. But the trade-off is when you start making it goofy and more lighthearted and more of an adventure movie with Godzilla playing a good guy, you lose the the underlying theme of the original movie, which is mostly lost in Godzilla King of the Monsters, but is still yeah. kind of there, which is that Godzilla is a metaphor for the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. And and also and then and also uh uh Dr. uh Sarazawa's 
oxygen uh, destroying yeah. weapon is like sort of a metaphor for that too because mm-hmm. he's like I can't let this technology be given you know I can't let it fall into other people's hands it's too it's too dangerous we're not ready mm-hmm. for this uh, very obviously a very strong parallel to the to the atomic bomb yeah and 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 you don't really get any of that in the later movies you know Godzilla as metaphor for the destruction of Japan in World War II is just sort of forgotten about in exchange for the really fun monster movie mm-hmm. and and the fun mo- and I, I prefer the fun monster movie movie but i appreciate the more serious tone and the attempt at doing sort of an allegory using godzilla to represent war and to represent the 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 a bomb um or the h bomb i guess because they they specifically mentioned the h bomb oh movie. yeah h bomb testing it, is what they yeah, say they say it's the h bomb that did this you know the h bomb woke him up or created him or they whatever needed to cut to the american ambassador looking uncomfortable in the corner <laughs> well <laughs> how yeah. are we supposed to i mean <laughs> really i giant <laughs> <you>, monsters <laughs> You attacked us. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's have that argument during our Godzilla movie. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> if you weren't dicks during World War II, we, who, oh, the children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, we're allies now, but a few years ago, you remember. Uh, um, but yeah, so, you know, it's it, it's 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 an interesting sort of comparison because you're not you can do this a lot with like movies that have been remade or maybe like you know you think about the the original version and then like if if it was a foreign film they remake the american version and you can compare and contrast and it's weird to be able to do that with movies that were in the same series made by the same filmmakers but there was just like a radical shift in tone and perspective after the first one where mm-hmm. the first Godzilla is like, oh, this is serious and we're trying to make a statement and we're trying yeah. to, you know, explore like this really serious theme that I'm sure was incredibly resonant to a lot of people in Japan at the time. Because it mm-hmm. was just it was it was less than when this original version of this movie came out, it was less than 10 years after the end of World War Two. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, people in Japan seeing this movie got it. They were like, oh, I see what this is. Mm -hmm. And and to go from that very serious theme to, okay, you know what? Let's just have fun with the Godzilla stuff. You know, like it's it's interesting to be able to do that with the original movie and then with the sequels that the same people made as opposed to, you know, someone else's take on the material. But, yeah, I mean, I I prefer the later goofier Godzillas, but I think there's a lot to recommend this original one and I, I enjoy it in both versions I specifically enjoy uh, Takashi Shimura who plays Dr. Yummy Mummy as we yeah. dubbed him uh, he's <laughs> one of my favorite actors ever he uh, he shows up in a bunch of awesome yes, movies from does. the 50s and, and 60s he's a fantastic actor he's a fantastic actor and you can say because he is such a good actor you can maybe say that he's a little wasted here because he doesn't have a lot to do no. other than just be a scientist but you know I, I mean do you want Takashi Shimura in your movie or don't you <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, would you, would you, well, are you saying you want a Godzilla movie without Takashi Shamir? I'm pretty sure uh-huh. I, I like. I can't get on board with that. Um, but he's 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 awesome. The rest of the actors are good. I mean, Raymond Burr does a good job in a very oh, yeah, awkward sort of situation because you know they have all those weird scenes where he's talking to obvious body doubles, mm-hmm. and you know it's like, gee, why aren't they cutting away to? Dr. Yamani during this scene. He's talking a lot, but we keep looking at the back of his head. That's weird. Um, you know, it's, I mean, there are awkward moments like that that are just sort of forced on it by the decision to insert an American character after the movie mm-hmm. was finished. Um, and you can criticize it for some of those things, you know, if you want. But to me, that's just the movie. Like, that, that's just what it is. Yeah. And and I, I it, it, it doesn't really bother me all that much. I mean, if you want to say... 
that I prefer the original Japanese version because it doesn't have any of those sort of awkward insertions. That's I mean I, that that's completely valid, but I think the American version is good too, yeah. um, and I really like it. I really like it as as a as a longtime Godzilla fan and as someone who saw this movie actually much later than I saw a lot of the other ones. Um, I have to say I really enjoy it. I think Godzilla is is a really really fun movie. Even this one, even this very serious sort of you know straight laced take on it is is a really fun movie, mm-hmm. and, and 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 definitely a movie worth watching. So I will turn it over to you, my friend. Oh, it's my turn. Go talk. Okay, here we go. Um, number one, I would just like to say that for people who are saying why didn't we just review the original Gojira? Um, we didn't review. The good, the bad, and the ugly in Italian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Um, uh, now I'm going to say this in regards to this version of the story. That of the two stories, whether it's Gojira or Godzilla: King of the Monsters, Gojira is the stronger film, mm-hmm. simply because its messages are not as diluted as they are in this one. They changed a lot for American audiences who might feel a little icky. <laughs> which basically the blame for Godzilla is American uh, H-bomb testing um, after the war. And that's what this was basically going to do. Now, what I do like, and and I'm going to talk about the film now strictly, I'm, I'm going to try to divorce it from what came after because no one had planned on Godzilla coming back. Hence right. the ending where he's dissolved away into nothing. <laughs> I love those movies, too. I do love them because they're so goofy and I don't have to take them seriously. But I love Serious Godzilla more. Mm. One of the reasons why I appreciated the remake of Godzilla, which came out now, I think, two years ago. Two or three years ago. Three years ago, yeah. Three years ago. Was because it was a straightforward take on a giant monster attacking things. It was serious. It wasn't dancing Godzilla or talking Godzilla or Godzilla <laughs> that was teaming up with Jet Jaguar so that they can go and fight monsters together. It wasn't Godzilla who could fly through the air or any of the other weird, just wacky shit that Godzilla would get up to. I like this Godzilla because Godzilla acts perfectly as a metaphor, and the metaphor is kind of laid out there. Um, one of the scenes that I really appreciate in the film is the storm sequence in which a storm hits the island. We know that it, we hear Godzilla's roar, but it's also a way to inform the audience that Godzilla is a force of nature, that Godzilla represents nature's basically presenting the bill to humanity for nuclear testing. <laughs> that this is, oh, you saw there are no consequences. Well, here you go. You have one Godzilla in change coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, being a fan of the original Gojira with a Japanese release, I'll admit that that movie does have some flaws. I really don't give a fuck about the the love triangle, either in the original or in this one. Yeah, It's kind of pointless. It's there to add. I know that it's there to kind of fill out the characters a little bit but I mean come on Dr. Yummy Mummy's daughter really doesn't have anything to do other than be a ping pong between these two men one in the original one she you know it's an arranged marriage with Dr. Scientist Pirate or with other guy I can't remember who other guy is that gets cut down a lot there is a lot that's been cut out of the movie to make room for Raymond Burr and what I like about what I like about it is, if you watch Gojira, the original, it's very much a Japanese film. 
Okay, it's very solidly a Japanese film. Mm-hmm. What's amazing to me is that they took this Japanese film and turned it into an American movie and did it, for the most part, very successfully to the point in which people readily liked the movie and wanted to see more. You know, they loved yeah. it. They loved Godzilla was a hit. And just like Steve had mentioned that it had been less than 10 years since the end of World War II for Japan... It had been less than 10 years since the end of World War II for Americans who had been force-fed a diet of the Japanese are inhuman monsters that we need to destroy. Yeah. And now here comes a movie in which the bulk of all the main characters and the and everyone in the credits, they didn't put the American people in the credits. While most of the American producers went uncredited. Are all Japanese. And those Japanese characters are treated with respect. They're treated as people. The Japanese people are looked upon with sympathy and with, mm-hmm. with uh, you know, there's no exaggerated characters. And it was presented to an American audience, and an American audience went great. So one of the reasons why I like Godzilla, King of, uh, King of the Monsters, is, is that it took this very serious original film, Gojira, and adapted it to American audiences. They left in, they didn't completely excise the entire H-bomb thing. The, the difference in, in the American version is they didn't dwell on it, which is what they did yeah. in the original. That's Godzilla calling me, telling me, <laughs> stop. What do you... What, why? Stop reviewing my movie. Number one, my name's Gojira. I, I accept that people call me Godzilla, but it's Gojira, okay? I, I kind of take it a little personally because, you know, that's the, the name my mom gave me <laughs> with Gojira, but everyone says it wrong. But everyone says it wrong, so I just stopped correcting people because I didn't want to appear like a dick, okay? Um, <laughs> the reason why I like the, the this American version is that it is, is it is a disaster movie. Okay. Except instead of an earthquake, instead of a tornado, instead of a tidal wave, instead of whatever, it's a gigantic fucking monster that comes out of the out of the water and and basically fucks shit up. Um, and there, I'm not going to say that it was an original idea because we had giant monster movies before then. King Kong, while technically not a kaiju, and technically through no fault of his own, wound up in New York City. <laughs> Is a giant monster movie. I can't remember if Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms came out before this or not. Did it come out before this? I can't remember either. <laughs> but there had been giant. I mean, come on, nineteen fifties. Everything was giant, and everything was attacking us. Yeah, <laughs> everything with more or less success. I mean, what was the one with the giant vulture? I can't remember what it was. Oh, it, was God, gigantic, it was a gigantic. It was just a giant marionette puppet. <laughs> was attacking airplanes. Yeah. Oh, but a beast from twenty thousand fathoms did come out before Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. And it's very similar to Godzilla. It's in very certain, similar. In certain ways. Yeah. And then there was the one. A lot of Harryhausen stuff. What was the one? The the creature from Venus that attacks Rome, and and punches an elephant and does a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. All those creature features <laughs> in the fifties. There's lots of creature features that came from the fifties, and as Steve said, played straight. But this one played straight has a deeper impact. And and I'll 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 give you an example. Um, a lot of those movies where you have a giant monster attacking, they never really show the aftermath. They never really dwell upon the injured. They never really dwell upon the effect that it's having on on a city at all. And this one does that. The whole point of Doctor Doctor Scientist Pirate 
when he watches TV is the is to change his mind about using his weapon is that it shows that there is that Godzilla came through rompy stompied and everyone's hurt and everyone's you know that there has been the terrible tragedy because of this monster and that's missing from the the, the rest of the Godzilla films there's no there's no and I'll even say this it would, it's it's kind of missing from the uh, a little bit from the uh uh, 2015 remake, mm-hmm. a little bit, because San Francisco was fucked up at the end. Of that movie. <laughs> it is fucked up. There's no, there's no two ways around it. Thank you, Godzilla, for kind of saving the city. Most of downtown's gone, but I, okay, thanks, Godzilla. <laughs> I guess it could have been worse. Please don't knock over any more buildings while you're leaving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what, one of the reasons why I like about it is that it is just different enough from the other creature features that were coming out in the 1950s because it dwelled upon issues that other monster movies at that time really either paid lip service to or just completely ignored. If a, if a bunch of crickets were attacking Chicago, I think that's the movie, or locusts, you didn't really have a whole lot of scenes of the aftermath of, of, of the initial attack or anything yeah. like that. You know, it, it, you didn't in the blob. You didn't see grieving families because their father <laughs> yeah. had been absorbed into a giant blob at the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would just bring you down, you know. So this one had a little bit more mature content. And the other thing is, historically, this is the movie that kicked it all off, guys. You know, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms maybe come out before that, but it didn't kick off an entire genre of film, and uh, neither did King Kong, for that matter. King True. Kong kicked off a whole bunch of other giant monkey movies. <laughs> Mighty Joe Young wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for King Kong. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this movie is important, whether you like it or not, whether you think it's hokey or not, whether you think it's boring or not. I think the movie moves along at a pretty good clip. It's got a lot of... of uh, Narration, but I mean that's kind of they said. Do we really want to dub this whole movie? <laughs> do we really want to dub everything? <laughs> it's very clear that they're not speaking English right here. <laughs> but the movie moves along at a fairly quick pace. You get all the destruction that you could ever want. The special effects are great for the time, um, and so yeah, uh, Steve. Classic or not classic? Oh, man, classic. Yeah. Definitely. Classic. It's yeah. a classic film. And I'm going to extend that all the way over to Gojira. And so if you guys are like, I don't want to watch the American diluted version. I'm watching Gojira. Go for it. That's a good movie, too. Gojira is great. And it's also a classic. Yeah. It really is. So, uh, yeah. Put it in the vault. Get in there, Godzilla. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> Fine. Gojira. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him nicely. Okay. I'm going to... I'm going to open the the door here and see if uh, there's still destruction going on. Oh, everyone's dead. Look at that. Oh, good. (laughs) Great. Well, that's... uh, Thank goodness. Well, now that we're enjoying the peace of the dead here in Tokyo, (laughs) uh, and it looks like Godzilla's gone back in the water. Hey, Steve, is there another movie that you'd like to recommend? That's hopefully yes, I... related to this movie that we just did. Please, please tell me that there isn't some thoroughly depressing kaiju movie that you oh, managed man. to find. If only Werner Herzog had made kaiju movies. <laughs> um, 
He really needs to. I wish he oh would. Oh my god, he really needs to make a kaiju film. He's been doing different genres as he gets older. You know, Wait he a minute, make a didn't kaiju. he make a Loch Ness Monster movie? Did he? I thought he did. I think maybe he did, yeah, but it, that doesn't quite count, though. No, it counts because it was a horror movie, wasn't it? Did Klaus Kinski play the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> <laughs> He I think hated this was the makeup. Af- he- <laughs> I look horrible in rapper. <laughs> I'll kill you for this. <laughs> oh, good old Klaus. <laughs> He's always threatening to kill me. He's never gonna. <laughs> uh, Steve? Yes, yes. I, I do have a movie to recommend. Um, Yay. This is another kaiju movie. This is another Godzilla movie. Um one of the cool things that happened after the success of Gojira slash Godzilla uh, mm. was that not only did they make more Godzilla movies, but the fine folks at Toho Studios got right to work creating other monsters. Mm-hmm. And they created soon enough, within a, within a matter of just a couple years, they had a stable of, of awesome kaiju to That's right, Hollywood, with. you stupid motherfuckers. You thought you were all smart doing the franchise thing, which Japan exactly. beat you to it years and years and years oh, before. Oh, boy. They were doing... They skipped right to, like, phase two of the Marvel Universe <laughs> within, like, three movies. They were like, man, let's just have them all be in the movies. Screw yeah. this. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely... they. Nobody called it a shared universe, but the Toho nope. Kaiju franchise was totally a shared you universe. You got Rodan in my Godzilla. You got Godzilla in my Rodan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so this... The movie <laughs> I'm going to recommend... wants a giant moth. Really? <laughs> <laughs> How's that going to work? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> His screenplay has two tiny little elf girls in it. <laughs> Look, they bought Godzilla, didn't they? <laughs> Let's just see what they'll do. Mothra, Mothra <laughs> was like their version of like Ant Man. Let's just see what. Let's see how far we can push the audience. <laughs> Honorable sirs, I have come up with Godzilla, but with three heads. Not enough. Oh. And wings. <laughs> mm. And he's from space. And he's gold. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. And What's actually, the movie, Steve? I, I, you, you just said it. The movie is Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster. Oh, wow, cool. You just, you just referenced that very character. Yeah. The, now, Ghid- is it Ghidra or is it King Ghidra? Uh, well, yeah, well, the title of the movie is, is Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster, but the character is King Ghidra. And uh, mm-hmm. and King Ghidra, as, as, as you just said, is a three, basically like a three-headed dragon. Yeah. And uh, he is one of the coolest of all the kaiju because he's got three heads. And uh, his heads wiggle all over the place like a yeah, water wiggle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is one of the, this is, I think, the fifth Godzilla movie. And it was released in 1964. It was directed by Ishiro Honda, who was the director of the original Godzilla and was, mm-hmm. was the, the most, he didn't direct all of the original kaiju movies, but he was the most prolific director of the original Godzilla kaiju series in the the 50s and 60s Um, and and it also stars in a much less significant role uh, Takashi Shimura so it's Mm. there's there's a lot of crossover here and uh, it's the story of um, the the city of Tokyo is threatened this time by Ghidra the three-headed monster King Ghidra Mm -hmm. and in order to defeat King Ghidra who is just an incredibly fearsome monster it takes not only Godzilla but Godzilla's archenemy Rodan, mm-hmm. and to bring those two together, 
Mothra. So you have this huge kaiju team up where it's 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 Godzilla and Rodan and Mothra teaming up to fight uh, King Ghidra, and it's just it's. I mean, it, if you're a Godzilla fan and you haven't seen it, it's as awesome as it sounds. If you're a Godzilla fan and that sounds awfully familiar, guess what? That's <laughs> like that's like every Godzilla movie. This but... fight has been repeated like three or four times in the Godzilla timeline. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they, yeah, exactly. It's it's like the they they every every time they they reboot Godzilla because Toho has rebooted the series three times now. I think. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Coming back to Godzilla and somebody else versus King Ghidra is always one of the things you look for. Mecha Godzilla. Mecha God. Oh, he's Mecha a robot Godzilla. and he's Godzilla. I mean, how do you not love that? Right. <laughs> He's a, and he flies, right? It's, Does yeah, he fly? He flies. I think so. It's a giant rob it's a giant flying robot Godzilla. Yeah. You win. You win, Mega Godzilla. I'd live in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I just, He's not I, coming out, sir. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave Mega Godzilla and me in peace. He does what I want. <laughs> He's my friend. I thought you were going to recommend the one where Godzilla talks. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I like that one. I like all of them. I, I, I even <laughs> my my favorite one. My my favorite one personally, the one that I watched when I was a kid, Godzilla versus Megalon, is probably the worst one mm-hmm. as a movie. I mean, it's not a good movie at all. It's the it's it's the one you you referenced in the beginning when Godzilla teams up with Jet Jaguar. Like, yeah, it's you're kind of like, why does that monster run around on its hands and knees? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hmm, that's weird. Uh, it's the one where Godzilla fly. He he slides on his tail. Yeah, uh, and it's just even for a Godzilla movie, it's goofy as shit. But but it's Let's my face personal facts, favorite. A lot of the fights started to look a lot like the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Um, only not stiff enough for Japanese wrestling fans. They want them to really hit each other. Uh, yeah, they like a lot more acrobatics. They're like, I can tell he's not really hitting him. Come on, Godzilla, get in there. <laughs> Godzilla's so soft. It's Godzilla shit. Um, but yeah, so the, my my recommendation, honestly, any any Godzilla movie is fine mm-hmm. with me. But m- one of my very very favorites is this one, the debut of King Ghidra, one of my favorite monsters, uh, and also featuring Godzilla and Rodan and Mothra. It's called Ghidra, the Three Headed Monster. That's my recommendation. Check it out. Okay. Well, as you know, I like to pick a movie from the same year um, that we chose this movie, and we just realized this is the third movie from 1956 that we've done. Hey, it was a good year. What it can you do? It was a good do? year. It was a really good year. Um, so I also like to uh, choose something in the same genre, and technically, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So I had to choose another sci-fi movie from 1956. So the movie that I'm going to choose doesn't have anything to do with giant monsters, but it has to do with that other thing that people were really worried about back in 1956. The movie that I'm picking is called Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Directed by Fred Sears, starring Hugh Marlowe and Joan Taylor. If you don't know who Hugh Marlowe is, Hugh Marlowe is kind of like they chiseled a scientist out of rock. And he went on to play (laughs) action scientists for several films. Some of them really good, some of them really, really bad. But we don't care about either one of those people. The only thing we care about are the flying saucers 
and the dudes that come out of the flying saucers are these guys that wear metal suits and they're just all like, wow, we're, we're bad. Um, <laughs> and the special effects. And the special effects were done by none other than that man who created all of these fucking movies out of his garage. If you don't believe me, you can look it up later. Her- Ray Harryhausen. Oh, yeah. Now, for those of you who don't know who Ray Harryhausen is, he is the guy who did stop-motion special effects for Hollywood since forever. And I'm not joking. He had a garage, and whenever you watch, like, Sinbad or uh, Jason and the... What was it? Jason and the Argonauts? Jason and the Argonauts, or, yeah. Or, or Clash of the Titans or any of the movies that has Ray Harryhausen stop-motion special effects, he was filming that shit in his garage by himself and the special effects in this movie not just the Ray Harryhausen special effects but the other special effects hold up for the most part um, you know the flying saucers attack Washington D.C. and they crash into buildings that doesn't look so great people get killed <laughs> there's a whole bunch of brain scanning and aliens are like we're gonna take over and all this other stuff it's a great cheesy 1950s flying saucer movie and uh, Tim Burton ripped it off incredibly for his Mars Attacks movie. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> from just from the sounds and the way the saucers look and how they move around and all that stuff, it's just a great movie that you don't really need to pay that much attention to and just enjoy. There's no deeper subtext. There's no underlying message. There's nothing. Flying saucers have come, and we're <laughs> oh, that no, we're no, we're Americans. We're not going to have wherever these guys came from. They said they came from a... Their solar system is dead. They're the last ones alive. and They're going to take over. Now I kind of feel bad for them. Sorry about your luck. It's too bad they're ugly and aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Not on my watch. Uh, The movie is... uh, Aside from the special effects, is also largely uh, um, stock footage. But it's <laughs> it's fun, and if you just want to watch something that you don't have to take seriously and is fun, then check out Earth versus the Flying Saucer. The, the title is right there. It, there's no subterfuge. There's nothing arty about it. It's Earth versus the Flying Saucers. <laughs> yeah, you know what you're getting, like cowboys versus I'm, aliens. Yeah, okay, thank you. They didn't even cry for like saucer menace or anything like that. It's so straightforward. It just punches you right in the face. You don't have to ask any questions when you're going in to see Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Right? Right, exactly. It's like if they had titled a Star Trek movie, Captain Kirk flies around <laughs> in a ship. Okay. That's an awfully long title. That's that's what happened. I feel like I, I don't feel like I've been cheated at all. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitle, and sometimes he goes on a planet and does stuff. By the way, Earth versus the Flying Saucers could also have easily been the title for Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay. Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. You know, the smoke from all these burning buildings and people is starting to get to me, so uh, maybe we should talk about um, what we plan on doing next time we we're going to review a movie. I think we just did a monster, and I'm not done with monsters, but I want to do a different kind of monster. I agree. But I can't put my finger on what kind. Oh, wait, I can. Unless you have a suggestion, Steve. Uh, I, I want to hear your suggestion. 
Okay. Well, how about this? Okay. The kind of monster that could kill you in real life. <laughs> oh, oh, one of those monsters. Yeah, like a serial killer kind of monster. Oh, oh okay. A serial killer. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, but not like a Freddy Krueger made up, I'll get you in your dreams. And not one of them walking zombie cursed monsters like in Friday the 13th. I think yeah. that's what he is, right? <laughs> I sh- I, he's something like that, yeah. He's like a really, ang- he's angry zombie. Maybe they should have yeah. called it angry zombie. Angry. Earth versus angry zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Steve Martin. I understand that you have an angry zombie on the loose. <laughs> no, not that, Steve Martin. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just here for a layover on my way to Cairo. No, I'm thinking maybe like a thriller kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Something More from a, a period of time that we haven't done a movie review from, like okay. the I don't know the early '90s. Yeah, yeah. No, no more '50s stuff for a little while. I know. How about something that's won an Academy Award Ooh, or two? <laughs> okay, so you're asking that we you're saying we should do a a 1990s prestige yeah. serial killer movie. Yeah, there's with a director much... who has some oomph in his, in, you know, some real movies in his yeah, background. Yeah, there, there's pretty much only one of those. <laughs> so I you... guess... Which I, one? I, I guess I guess we're doing uh, Silence of the Lambs. <gasps> oh, yeah, Silence of the Lambs! Yeah. That's... That matches everything. It's che- got Academy Awards. all the Awards. boxes, yeah. Yeah, it won, did win Best Picture, too. It won everything. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't think it won Best Supporting, but it won, yeah, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Best Musical Number, Best... Uh... <laughs> best best Original Song, you know. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do, everybody. Before the next time that you hear us, go watch Silence of the Lambs, unless you're too scared. That's okay if you're too scared, it's... I didn't think the movie was that scary. I'm going to review it right now. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't scary. But it's the movie that brought us Hannibal Lecter, and we just can't seem to get rid of him, huh? No, we we can't quit poor Hannibal Lecter. Even though he wants just to be left alone and eat his meal in peace. (laughs) Exactly. Let him eat and study his art. And just keep a nice, safe distance from him, and everything will be fine. That's right. So next time around, we're going to review that thriller classic that won all the awards and everyone was talking about and created characters that will live on forever and ever, right, Steve? Apparently. Silence of the Lambs! And we're done. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Whew. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening in once again. For Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. The menace is gone. So is a great man. But the whole world can wake up and live again. I- I'm I'm not gone yet. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I wasn't I wasn't talking about you. Wait, I'm not a great man? Oh, you are, but you're not you're not gone. Oh, so do you want? Should I uh, kill myself? No, Is that no, what you're saying? I, no, don't. No, it wasn't. I suppose ref- I could jump off the tower. It's pretty don't far do that, down, Jason. A lot don't. of jagged rocks and and exposed rebar. Don't do that, Jason. Okay, what, just come what? here. Just come back inside. Wait, wait a minute. Inside. Wait a minute. I'm I wasn't fairly certain I hear Gojira. Don't. You don't, <laughs> I don't go think even there. the menace is gone. You do, okay. You're just you, trying to get me to kill myself. I, I, I just come back inside. I don't want to know. Gajira's back. I don't think I can face another one of these things. <sighs> I'm really confused. Wait a minute. Do we have a woman that we're fighting over? Uh, sh- sure. 
<laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to be the noble one. All right, everybody. Tune in next week when there's going to be a new host. <laughs> Wait. No, I don't want to have to do the prep for this. Too bad. This is what you got. <laughs> The woman we're fighting over is the show itself. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish you to be happy together. <laughs> I've been saying this as I fall. <laughs> it's a really tall building, guys. It really is. You know, the Japanese, they say, go big or go home. And man, <laughs> I'm not is... even halfway down yet, Steve. <laughs> and that is an excellent wireless microphone you have. Yeah. Ah, uh, damn it. Godzilla's waiting down below to catch me. Oh. Open wide, Gojira. <laughs> but just like Godzilla, somehow I'll be alive for the next episode. <laughs> we won't. We don't have to explain it. You'll just be here. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm sure Godzilla knows. It's less than be until radiation through the roof. Oh boy, he needs a better transmitter on that microphone. I didn't anticipate broadcasting from inside of a giant Gojira. I think I, I think the radiation is probably screwing to this signal. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. I'm sorry. Bye, everybody. You ruined it. You ruined the illusion. <laughs> I now didn't want either. I'll cut it out in post. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to the digestion process. Oh, honey. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.